Good morning, good morning, everybody. It's your friendly, local, low-budget radio man, David Phillips, having my cup of coffee. Cheers, virtual cheers to all you out there, soldiering through. Uh, There is so much to discuss. I have so much to say. I have so much to discuss. First of all, a big thing happened last week with the inauguration. Um, I did not watch it. I did not watch it. I went and got a massage. But I heard it was great. I just... It's just not the type of thing I would watch. I, I didn't ever... It felt a little bit like an assembly. Like a school assembly you have to go sit and watch. And uh, I never went to those either. I have trouble staying focused for those things. But I talked to a fashion reporter, a woman who reports on fashion, about the inauguration. I was like, what is it like to be a fashion reporter covering the inauguration? And she said, well, you know, it was interesting because some of the outfit choices that some of the part like the members of the new democratic party had symbols like kamala harris wore purple and she's the fashion reporter told me that red and blue combined together equal purple so that was a signal of unity and that joe biden's wife dr dr biden wore a dress that had all the flowers of the different 50 states. And so, and then I said, well, how does that compare to the Trump administration? And she said, well, Melania didn't do anything like that. Melania just would wear the most expensive stuff and like Gucci bags. And I don't know, like... It felt like maybe the fashion choices... That Kamala and Dr. Biden did were just kind of mess like giving giving messages to the press, give them a story, give them a story, give them something to write about. And you know, there's nothing wrong with what Melania did of just dressing up really nice. I don't know, wearing purple. What does that do? I'm pro I'm pro the Democratic administration, but I just felt like that was a little like that was a tight criticism of Melania. I mean, she just she didn't want to be the first lady. That's not what marrying Trump was about for her. That's like a dark twist in her tragedy and her life's tragedy. She thought, all right, I'll just marry this guy and like soldier up because like I really care about money and and that's my life and I'm you know trying to make a better life for myself but then she has to go into politics and that's hell that's not what she signed up for so so yeah the the inauguration happened but um I don't know I've started doing this thing this speak speak speaking of fashion I started doing this thing where I wear I'm when I go outside I'm just wearing all black. Like enough enough trying just just give up. I've just given up because for 2021 one of my goals, my main goal is like I just want to look beautiful at all times. 
Like, don't don't let the experience take away from the physical beauty. Show the physical beauty. And I want to, like, always look good. Like, always be on point when I go outside. Always look amazing. And I realized the best way to do that is to wear all black. Because if you put, you look at someone wearing all black, they always look great. You look at someone who's doing their own colors, putting their own colors together, and it's it's never that much better than the person wearing all black. It's never, it's never that much better. It it could be. It's oftentimes worse, and in my case, it most likely is worse because I'm not passionate or interested in really shopping. For clothing, it's just I. It's just not the way my brain is wired. I appreciate high fashion, but I'm not into it. So I've just started to wear all black, and uh, that's what I've been doing. And now I judge other people who aren't wearing all black. I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what are they doing? They should be wearing all black. But I don't know. I guess this past couple of weeks, not a lot of things have been happening, but it's been a lot of theories. It's been a lot of theories these past couple of weeks. There's not been a lot of action. So I'm just kind of discuss, discussing the theories I have. You know, the, I'm just discussing theories. There's nothing's happening. There's no, the external, there's not much going on in the external world, but the interior world is alive and well. But I guess the wearing black theory kind of leads into my bigger theory in that in the things that in there's aspects of your life which they're not your strong suit. They don't come naturally. They don't and they don't spark your interest. Like, for example, keeping a clean home, fashion, these things I do not care about. Like personally, but I know logically that you need to be on point. You need to do a good job in these aspects of life. So what my theory is, is that in these these parts of life that you're not passionate about, you just need to adopt someone else's philosophy and just master it to a T. So for the keeping of the house clean, I got Marie Kondo's book, The Joy the joy of tidying up and I just follow that to a T. I just follow that to a T. I just I'm going to do exactly what she says. And now I have this like beautiful, simple, clean Japanese inspired home, you know. And then the wearing all black. It's just a I want to look good when I'm outside. Inside I can flash my colors, I can wear the the goofy shit, but outside I'm wearing all black. And so those and like adopting other those philosophies, those textbook things and the things you don't care about really is just going it's just kind of sacrificing the ego. It's just being like anything that I can come up with in my little special little brain, you know, my little personal snowflake isn't going to be better than Marie Kondo or wearing all black. So, so that's, so that's, that's a new development. That's a big development in my life as I'm wearing all black.
And it also, it's like, it's a nice, it's a nice, wearing all black's nice because, you know, we're all angry. Like, and it's a good way to, to express your anger, to, to show, to show the world how angry you are when you're wearing all black. It's, it's like you're saying, I'm fucking pissed off. My friend, another theory, my friend called me and we were having a chat and we were, we were kind of talking shit on another one of our friend's mothers and how this mother manipulates our friend and draws a schism between our friend and his girlfriend. And my friend on the phone was like, oh, yeah, she's just so self-obsessed. And I was like, you can't, that's not an accurate way to dock someone. Because everybody's self-obsessed. I haven't met a person who isn't self-obsessed. It's just the way everyone here is wired on this planet. It's like everyone, and you know, and especially even in America, it's not like we're on a kibbutz where it's like, you know, we're all working together to, to farm the farm, you know, like we're, everyone's out for themselves here. Everyone's self-obsessed. It's just the way it is. But that's, so that's not a reason to dock someone. The reason to dock someone is that someone let their self-obsessed, their self-obsession affect other people negatively. You know, and that's, that's when you can dock someone self-obsessed. The key is to figure out how to be self-obsessed without hurting the other people around you. You have to benefit the people around you from being self-obsessed. You have to figure out how you can like be self-obsessed, but improve, use your self-obsession to improve the lives of others. You know, you have to channel it. So what some people will do, some manipulative people will do, is that they'll they'll lie to you. They'll convince you like, oh, what I'm doing is for you. But it's no, it's just they're they're just master manipulators and they just want to do things for themselves. So you kind of want to, you don't want to lie to people. You don't want to manipulate people. But you just have to figure out a way to make your self-obsession not hurt other people. One thing I need to work on is when, like, I don't really like hanging in groups. I like to just do my own thing. That's like, I just, I'm like, you do your thing, I'm going to do my thing. And we're going to be in like that, and I don't need you, and you don't need me. And when you're in a group and people who are more group oriented, more pack animals, they're all about like, oh, we need the group, da, 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 the group, the group, the group. When they see you do that, it offends their philosophy. It offends them. They take it personally. So when I'm in a group, I need to not do that. I need to pretend to like the group more. So that's kind of how my self-obsession hurts, hurts other people. I need to work on that. Because you need community. You need you need community. Ultimately you need we need each other. We need each other. 
We need to hang. We need to be around each other. So sometimes you have to do group things. And even though, like, I find groups to be very dangerous, you know, big groups of people are very dangerous. Leads to fascism. You still have to be a part of it, you know, because you can get benefits from it. So you have to, you know, play nice in the sandbox. And one thing, when you're in the group, you just have to go with the flow, Da, 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 da. But see, that's dangerous. To survive in a group, you have to go with the flow, and then fascism happens. So, you know. Also, we're old. Like, we're old. I'm 29. You know? Like, this is this is the guy I am. This is who I've become. You know? There's no... Uh, you don't... I don't need to be hanging out with, like, a group of five other dudes. I don't need to hang. I don't really need the hang anymore. I don't need the hang. I like to hang when I'm doing things. Like I'll hang out with you at the rock climbing gym. You know, I'll rock, I'll do I'll do physical exercise with my bros or I'll do board games with my bros. But other than that, I don't even really want to do that. I'll do the physical exercise, not so much the board games. I'll just do physical exercise. If you want to if you want to exercise, you can hit me up. If you want to go surfing or rock climb, we could do that. That's a date. We could. That's how we can date. But like sitting, having a cup of coffee, I'm just not feeling it, you know. Or like I'm not, I'm not feeling that the thing. I just don't want to do it anymore. That's for the girlfriend, you know. That's for the girlfriend. You do it with your girlfriend. You you physical exercise with your bros. And then you meet people at community events. Like you go to an open mic, you do comedy, whatever. You see the other comedians. You say, hey, how you doing? How's your life? Is everything good? Is everything good with you? And that's enough. That's enough. You go to the rock climbing gym. You check in with your people. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Bing, bing. Hey, Kelsey, what's going on? Ting, ting. You know? Hey, Alex. How's life at the DA's office? Bing, bing. You know, and then you just kind of keep it moving. You just slap hands, you keep it moving. And that's enough. I don't need to hang. I don't need to. My grandfather, may he rest in peace, did zero hanging his entire life. He just did his own thing his entire life. And when he was on his deathbed, his whole family was sad to see him go. Even though people skills was not something that you dis- would be the first w- word to describe him. A people person, a, like a, a man of the community, all these, all these like things aren't the words you would use to describe Papa Al. By no means. And yet when he was about, when he was dying, all of his children and all of his grandchildren were very sad to see him go. And we were sad to see him go because he was himself. And that, like, his, like, pure authenticity was his form of love. You know? It was honest and true in, like, this crazy way. So he, but he didn't hang out. He didn't do fucking, he didn't do that shit. And everyone was sad to see him go. So there's many ways you can express your love to the people in your life without hanging. You don't need to hang out to have a loving relationship with your male friends. And also it's like, what are you going to talk about? There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about that's light. 
all the heavy stuff should be talked about with your therapist or on your solo podcast. That's so so that's the thing. But um I did I did uh I did see I reconnected with an old flame from about five years ago. I saw a woman I dated my first year of law school. We just hung out, checked in, both live in New York. She's been here for about a year, maybe two. And we're hanging. And she said to me, and it was nice to see her, the familiarity we've both been through. We went through law school together. We know each other. We saw each other then. We saw each other now. It was nice. It was nice. And she said to me, she said, David, when I met you in law school, I was like, you were, oh, granted, she's from like the, she's, she's from the desert. She's a desert person. And we went to an evangelical law school evangelical christian law school and she said david when i met you i was like i was like who like i never she was like i had never met anybody like you before it was just it was like she was like it was this crazy thing for me to like what is this what is this person and then she said you were also the first jewish person i ever met and then she said but now that i live in new york I realized it wasn't just like you I like, though I like your personality very much. She's like, but I just, I'm into Jewish guys. And I was like really flattered by that comment. I was very flattered. Because it was like I brought, I brought one to the team, you know? All the Jewish guys in New York can thank me y'all can thank me because i was the introduction i don't know i don't know i don't think this was a very good podcast oh but there was some other there's some other good there's just like there's just a lot there's just a lot on my mind there's just a it's just like a lot of i just feel like it's all what's going on right now is just like I'm, it's like this swirling of scattered thoughts that just keep repeating. And it's like they're thoughts on a theme and then they manifest in the artwork or in the relationships. And then it goes back to the scattered thoughts. And that's kind of what it is. Like one scattered thought is this idea that was pitched in um, the movie Midnight in Paris where the protagonist, he keeps, he like every night at midnight, he time travels to the renaissance era or sometime in france in like the 1940s or whatever and uh he's a writer the protagonist gil pender is a writer and he has a first draft of a book and he gives it to gertrude stein who like runs these salons and it's a renaissance it's a renaissance she runs these salons and she's a champion for the arts and Gertrude read his first draft and she goes, Pender, I read your first draft and I think it's a fine piece of work, but I want to remind you that the artist's job is not to succumb to human despair, but rather to find the anecdote for the emptiness of human existence. 
And I was like, oh my god, like, that's the artist's job, is to try to create the anecdote for the emptiness of the human existence. So I tried to look up Gertrude Stein to see if she said that on Google, and it was like a preliminary Google search. She did not say that, so I think that might just be Woody Allen's philosophy. But I think it's really true. I think that's the whole, that's the job of the artist, and that's the challenge for a lot of amateur artists, including myself, which is what I am, is that when you start out writing or painting or making any art, the first thing you do is like you reveal your darkness, your inner darkness, your sadness, da 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 da. And like that shows your perspective, right? You're showing your perspective. But then somehow, through some metaphysical force, some untangling of your inner spirit, you have to figure out a way to make it the anecdote for the emptiness of the human experience. You have to make it beautiful. It's like in the there's a another Woody Allen film called Stardust Memories where he begins and it's um it's based on Fellini's Eight and a Half so it's like black and white dream sequence kind of a take on like the inside of a movie director's mind. In the beginning of the film, the protagonist is on a train and everyone's old, decrepit ugly and he's stuck on the train and he looks through the window and on the other and out of the window on the other side of the window there is um another train and it's full of all these beautiful people and they're happy and shit and so that's kind of like he begins the movie and he's like man his life sucks and he thinks everyone else is having a better time and at the end of the movie it's like this dreamlike movie whatever the end of the movie he's on a train but now he has his love interest is on the train with him. And he says, you know, and the moral of the story is like, all right, life sucks, but at least we get to do it together. You know, at least we get to share this ride together. And maybe that's the anecdote. You know, and of course, and I think that's the, you know, that's that's the hope we hold on to. That's the hope. It's that, you know, life is awful, not awful. Life is challenging and there's much darkness, but it's bearable if we go through it together. Now, if you pitch that idea to any couple that that's in this pandemic, they'll laugh in your face. I mean, they're they're, you know, st- this is a this is a challenge for for these people. Don't believe what you see on Instagram believe what they say when they call you but it's a nice it's a nice idea one last thing that um i heard my my friend my old friend from law school told me she said she has a friend who's like auditioning to be a part of a quad basically there's this basketball player in new york who's dating three girls and there's one other girl and they're on Bumble and they're looking for another member so they can all have orgies with this basketball player and I'm just like what what is like what what am I doing you know like what like at the end of the day 
there's so many different versions of reality you can live and I'm clearly a pawn right now compared to to that like I get excited I get excited by one girl that's that's a huge accomplishment that's like a huge that's like all you know that like I'm laughing with the cab driver my whole way home you know I'm happy I'm like I love New York just just off hooking up with one person but this guy has three girlfriends and either auditioning a fourth I'm like there's so many levels there's so many levels to this shit there's so many levels and I I know polyamorous relationships are it's a lot of work because everyone's feelings need to be taken to an account there's a lot of talking and all that but it's just hilarious like it's like you know like this basketball player enjoy it now buddy because you're out of the league in six years and then you're gonna lose all your no I'm just kidding I don't I don't wish will ill against him I frankly I was jealous yeah and that's it I don't know I don't know if this was a good episode in comparison to the others I felt I was forcing it I felt pressure but um you have to just keep it going I felt pressure I want it for for the people who listen I want to I want to enlighten and be the anecdote for the emptiness of human existence that's what I want so I hope I hope it I hope it reached I hope it made you laugh hope it made you think but it's a little scattered I'm a little scattered these days I'm a little scattered so All right, take care.